Welcome to Seers, Beers, Knowers, and Doers, a podcast about intuition. Do you know what that is? Intuition to me is that inner sense for knowing that something is true, and yet I have no proof. But there's so many definitions, and there's so many ways it can come. I'm looking to bring together and share with you some amazing guests who have some amazing life stories and also some insights into how intuition can come. And I'm looking to gather those crows in the trees. I hope you're one of them. I hope that this podcast inspires you to be more connected to your intuition. And I hope that by doing that, we make the world a better place. Thanks for coming on this journey with me. Before we get started today, I would love to share some tools with you to help with stress and feeling overwhelmed, especially for the energetically sensitive person. Feel free to go to my store on my website at www.healingvitality.ca. Thanks so much for coming on this journey with me. So I'm super excited today to talk to a fellow Canadian, and she was put on my radar screen by another podcast guest, Eleanor Austin. So thank you so much, Donna Hall, for joining me today. I think this is going to be a fun conversation that may enlighten a lot of people. It's great to be here, Heather. So Donna, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am an intuitive, I'm an energy healer, and I'm a life coach, and I work a lot with women who struggle to get anything they desire, and I help them to heal old wounds and transform their most important relationship. When I'm not doing that, I hang out with my two teenage daughters and my two dogs and have fun. Okay, and you just got a puppy. I know. Why would I start all over again? I have a three-year-old, and I just started again at a 12-week-old. Oh, literally. I'm learning what it's like to, to have a new baby again after all these years. 12 weeks. Big pod. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Lovely. So have you always been in the Greater Toronto area? No. I've lived here for quite a while, but I um, started out in Montreal and then took a trip out west and decided that that was where my heart was. I needed to live there. So lived in Vancouver for a while, mm. and then I moved back east, and I've been here for about 18 years. Okay, where about in Vancouver, because I grew up there. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice connect again. Yeah. So I lived close to Granville Island. Nice. Where were you? Where were you in Vancouver? I spent 12 years of my life in Tawasson. Beautiful. So before we got on the call, you spoke about quitting your job seven years ago and this has been an addiction of mine telling people to quit their jobs over the years <laughs> listen to her everyone when you're nine to five there is life after it <laughs> well and I had an epiphany talking to three other podcast guests on a on a separate call where it's like you know what telling someone to quit their job is not your job you are to hold space and allow them to find True their answer to quit their job and it's like right I'm one of those bullies <laughs> yeah we we all get there though it's just that it's so lush on the other side I can see why you say it mm. <laughs> so what was your previous life so I worked in human resources for many years and had you know two little kids I was commuting downtown and had a high pressure job and I kept not showing up, for, you know, being who I really was. 
and it was it was really causing me a lot of stress and I remember one day you know getting into the building that I worked at and standing at the elevator bank and I made a conscious decision thought I'm going upstairs today and I'm going to have my heart intact and whatever happens I'm going to show up being me and I have a heart and I absolutely do care and I care about people and whatever happens I'm open to it and so I did and six months later so, you know, the way I started to communicate with people was deeper, more connected. I was being myself. If I didn't agree with something, I started to say that I didn't agree. And not that I didn't have the opportunity before. I was well respected in the organization that I worked with, but I didn't feel I could. So it was nothing to do with them. You know, corporate world is a corporate world. I started to, to heal and change. And so the dynamic of a corporate environment didn't fit with me anymore. And mm. so six months after making that conscious choice, I thought I can't work here anymore because the work I'm doing while exciting and enjoyable is not really my calling. And I'm, I would like to explore my calling. Right. And so I, I quit, took the summer off with my kids, had no idea what I was going to do. And did some consulting work and that led me to do more healing work. And then I started step slowly into this idea of I actually, I can heal. You know, I took an energy certification course in Chicago and I just kept taking different courses. I took Reiki. My focus was healing me so that I could be a better parent. I could be present with my kids. I could have fun with them. But that decision led me to open up a whole other world mm. that I now step into and absolutely enjoy. So mm. HR is something I still do on occasion, but my other work, this healing work that I do, you know, helping people to get anything they want by healing old wounds, that is, I am, I am really passionate about doing that work. It's actually not work. When I think about what I do today, and I don't know if you have the same experience, Heather, when I get off a call with someone, I think the reciprocity is amazing because it's like you're healing yourself as you're speaking to someone, but it's not work. You're, I think you're doing life force work, like work is it's coming through you to help other people, mm -hmm. but you're not actually like toughing it out. It's not how I would have defined work. Right. Yeah. From my past life. No. Oh, the difference. Oh, I say I retired at 36. Yes. You know, so when you left, you yeah. 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 There's that element of freedom in that you set your schedule, you pay the bills, you clean out the garbage can. You know, there's elements to the entrepreneur world that are definitely different than the corporate world. And the security is a big barrier for a lot of people. And I get that. Mm -hmm. I, I get that. When I, if I look, you know, if I look back at the last seven years, I can't imagine not doing this. So there are definite trade-offs, but what you learn is that to really trust in the universe. Yeah. It really does support you. Yep. <laughs> I think it always has, but you know, when you're on, you're doing the entrepreneur thing, you, you start to understand it. it. It gets more magnified, I think, from my perspective. Oh, for sure. And there's that alignment with doing what you know you should be doing from that exactly. calling perspective. And so if you veer off 
the purpose, then the well dries up and you veer towards the purpose and the well flows again. Like it's, there's... I love that you say that because mm. it, it, it is so true. Yeah. Oh, I think it's cool. You've run the same road just uh, parallel in Ontario. It's very yes. cool. So you speak about helping women heal old wounds. That's a broad statement. Do you have your top three trends that come up for people that they could identify with if, if they were like, what is that? Like, I mean, I know what you're great, talking about, but question. Yeah. So, but people wounds, won't necessarily know what that's talking about. So that's true. And so, you know, when I think of old wounds, particularly a lot of the, the people I support, it's they've had a difficult childhood where maybe they weren't treated really well. You know, maybe they didn't have a parent who was was able to parent, and they took on a responsible role at a young age. They don't know how to have fun in their life as a result of that. Or it could be that they're, you know, grew up with a lot of criticism. And so they're super sensitive to wanting to understand how to fit in with people because they don't know how, because they react if someone says something, even if it's to help them, they're accustomed to being criticized. So those are two that I hear a lot. Okay. Also, people who have physical symptoms of feeling really anxious because they're fearful. So, okay. you know, growing up, they may, they may have been in an environment that didn't bode well for them in terms of feeling secure. So they're they're fearful even as an adult and just how that impacts their life. So they can't imagine, you know, what someone else might think is free thought about how they can live their life. For someone that I work with, they've got to get to that place. They live their lives maybe more contained so that they can keep themselves safe. Right. But they may not know that they're doing that. Right. They're hanging out in the box. They're hanging out in a box, and the box might actually feel good. You might have defined it really well, yeah. but you don't realize there's just so much more out there. Right, yeah. And and sometimes those boxes have purposes, and they have timelines, and and it's when you're past the timeline that the box gets uncomfortable, and sometimes exactly. that physical symptom shows up, or the, the body in whatever way starts fighting back or the body can enlighten you too right to give you insights into what that trauma was or because people black stuff out and then uh and then lo and behold bam there it is because they're ready to start dealing with it absolutely and there is a readiness for sure you know when i work with people it's you know people who've maybe done some therapy or they've done some coaching or counseling and and they know in their minds, they know that they've resolved what's happened. They may have even forgiven people who've harmed them, mm -hmm. but inside, it's still in them. You know, they'll come and say, can you help me get it out? I think there are even things I don't remember, just like what you just said. And so that's the beauty of the work is it's a discovery. And it's very individual because everyone's different with how they react to what happened at a younger age. For sure. And sometimes people are like, ooh, I have to like talk about this. And when you're dealing with somebody who's, I'm going to make the assumption when you're dealing with somebody who's working at the energetic level, it isn't necessarily about rehashing or re-traumatizing stuff. It's about releasing stuff. Is that how things work with you? I love that you just said that because one of the things I normally say to a client is we are not going to get into it again. 
But what, what I mean by that is we're not rehashing, we're not getting into the trauma. I just need enough to understand where does this live in your body so that we can help release it from you. Okay. So what's done is done. Um, you know, we can talk a little bit about it, but we're not going to live in it because it's, it's your past. What we want to do is learn from it, release it so that you can open up space to live today and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Cool. And in that space clearing, then the new can show and up. And the new can come. Yeah. I always say it's, it's already there, like all that we're meant to be experiencing, but we're just not attuned to the right channel. You know, we're not tuning in to the one, the channel that's now yours, now that you've grown or you've done some healing work. I think that Derek Rydell says that, you know, you, you sort of, um, you keep passing the radio station that you're meant to be on. But when you tune into it, you really realize it's always been there. Yeah, and, and a lot of times it will feel like home, but you didn't yeah. know that it was home. But you didn't know it was there, yeah. and I think that's when it's like, yes, yeah. celebrate clients when that happens. So how does intuition show up in your world? How does it come to you? So it comes to me with, sometimes it's a download, it's a message, it's like a little whisper in my ear. Uh, sometimes it's through a dream. My mom used to say, you don't dream, you get visions. And sometimes I feel it, like I'll feel it. If I'm doing a healing with someone, before they say, oh, my jaw is really sore, I feel it. I'll feel it in my jaw. So it's very, it comes to me in various ways. It'll be like sometimes a quick download. Cool. Sometimes it's a word or I'll notice, you know, I'm out and about and I'll notice, okay, I've seen that now. This is the third time. It's, you know, it wants me to do this is what I need to make a decision because I'm being asked to do something. Well, and those patterns, trying to think, the people haven't really touched on the patterns of witnessing things. So do you want to get into that a little bit more? Because Well, there's so much that we can say about it. But mm. if, you know, you start to notice, and I notice it in nature a lot, or if I'm out or you'll notice it on the radio, you'll get a message. Or you'll hear people speaking and I'll think, now that message, I this is the second time I've heard it. So, for example, it could be someone talking about, it could be renewing their mortgage, because I actually had this happen a few days ago. And I thought, that's really funny. I just heard from my, my bank and they want me to renew early. And then I heard people talking about shopping around for a better rate and what that would mean in their lives. And I thought... That's funny, I'm sitting here and I'm just picking that up. And then later on that day, you know, I got a message to reach out to my broker. Like, that's great, you've heard from the bank, reach out to your broker. And then the broker, when he called, replicated the message I'd heard these two women talking about earlier. So it's like if you get the gist, you'll sort of get a gist of that's your message. Start listening more. There's an action you're going to need to take. But I find it'll come in words. Um, sometimes it's a visual. You'll see you're driving and you'll notice a sign that has a visual. But it's really being present to get the get the pattern, get the message. Yeah. Sometimes it'll come really quickly. They'll be like, oh, that's what that means. Mm. And sometimes you miss it. I've had times where I reflect back and go, ah, oh, that's what that meant. Didn't quite grab it when it was coming at me. That's also important. It may not show up the same way, but the awareness sinks in, 
right? Yes, it does. When you reflect back, you get, or sometimes it'll be so clear after a while, you'll go, that's what that was about. Now, now I get it. Yeah, very cool. So do you live intuitively in your whole life or do you put on work boots and it's like, no, I'm at work. Some people, when they get into this work, I had this go on in my world. I would, in my job, uh, post-retirement, when I was in work mode, the intuition was just like, bing, 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 bam, boom, boom, bing, you know, like it could have been a symbol or machine, but there was elements of what was going on outside of work where in hindsight, I just had like the volume turned down and making excuses for situations that were creating drama and whatever. Um, So like where you've kind of just flipped this switch into working in this world in the last seven years, even though I bet you you were using it in your HR role because you were having to communicate with people. I was just going to say that. I, <laughs> I, what was funny is I don't think I knew I was using it. Ah, there you so go. So I would, I would go and, you know, I was part of a team and I would share updates and, and they'd go, where did you get that from? And then I realized, don't they see it too? Like the signs. And I'd say, well, the signs are all across the organization. And they'd go, what signs are you talking about? And something would happen. And then they'd say, okay, did someone tell you that was going to happen? And I'd say, no, I just noticed it. And then I realized maybe I'm seeing something they're not seeing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in interviews, I would channel. I, I realized now I'd have this. Yes, we've done the interviews, but I'd have this other download of the person we were talking to. And sometimes, you know, when you're looking at an interview, you look at what did someone tell you? And so I would have these other elements that I would add in and people on the panel would go, well, where did you get that from? So I got really spooked in my full time job because I could not describe I couldn't fathom where I was getting the information from. And it was not until I left and started to delve more deeply into who I really am and, and the, the gifts that I have that it started to, you know, it started to kick in. It made sense. So I think in my day-to-day, seven years ago and, and before that, I think it was happening in my work. I didn't attune to it, though. But I was definitely using it. But it was when people would say, you know, and I took it as a challenge back then. Like, oh, my God, I got to explain this. But I I can't find logic to explain it. And I try to find logic. And, you know, the word try, like it (laughs) doesn't work, (laughs) you know. Or I'd say to someone as a consultant, I'd say, I really don't think this is a good hire. She looks great on paper. We just had a good conversation with her. She's not going to follow your leadership. And this was a, 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 a real example. that I remember this clearly because the person who was recruiting said, my client said, well, where did you get that from? And I said, what I see is she's not going to work well with you. She's not going to listen to your lead. And she's not going to stay as long as you think she will. And they went ahead and they hired her. And I thought, you know what? You, you're seeing something I don't go for it. Six months later the hire left and she left before leaving. She was sort of running her own ship and she left suddenly. 
And I remember thinking, I remember sensing that, but could I explain where I got that from? Absolutely not. Right. right. So I don't think I tuned in as much as I do now. Right. I don't think I trusted and sharing my intuition. I, I just don't think I trusted that I was using it even. Yeah. Well, you know? and and how many people on the planet are like that? So. Oh, I think we're all intuitive, and some of us totally. more than others because we we mm-hmm. you know we really trust it and we we expand our intuition. But I think we all get the messages. Mm-hmm. And some people will discount it because they don't have the data. Exactly. And, and I mean. I have examples in my current life that I don't have data about, but I just know this is the situation and I can't, yeah. I, I gotta just go with the situation and it's just for the right now. Like I'll ask again tomorrow, is this a situation? Yep. Same situation. Okay. People who you're dealing with, who are looking for a data to support. I don't know if you find this too. When you don't have data to support it, there's a percentage of the population that are like, oh, it's your intuition. Okay, whatever. I'll go with, like, you do you and I'll do me. Like, I don't have an argument for your intuition. Absolutely. They'll learn to trust you. Right. I don't really know where you're getting that, but you're, you know, everything you say has happened. I'm going to trust you. Right. Let's talk about the flip side, though. Yeah, there's a flip side. (laughs) That's where's the data? Um, Where'd you get that from? Yeah. Our data does not support what you were saying. Yeah. So do you find now that you have, quote unquote, a different audience that you're working with, that you're just working more with the bought-in clientele because they're seeking you out? Exactly. It's shifted. Yeah. Absolutely. Good. It's more enjoyable work because I'm not spooked trying to figure out where did I get that from (laughs) (laughs) and how do I explain it? You know, I'm now really trusting that this is so and, and you know, I'm I'm not making it up. It it does come from somewhere. It comes through me and I'm sharing it in a way to support another human being. Right. Yeah. Lovely. You've shared some real nuggets today that hopefully people will grab onto because the previous life of you didn't discount it, but you didn't necessarily embrace it fully. And I think a lot of people are at that 85% place. And you probably, while you're working corporate, and maybe I'm wrong, intuitively parented 100%. You know, I absolutely. Yeah. That's where I could see. I would think there's a disconnect happening in me. The woman I am when I'm not at work is a very different. Like I make decisions in a different way. When I'm at work, I'm looking for logic. I'm looking for data. I'm speaking to people to make it make sense. And I'm following what I'm being told. But there's a part of me that sees something different, but I don't know how to describe it. And that would really upset me. I think I don't know how to vocalize this. I don't feel secure enough to share. Uh, Hi, I just had a download here. Just want to let you know. You know, I just didn't feel, uh, I just didn't think it had a place in the corporate world. Yeah, wouldn't be 100% supported. And yet, you know, I have goosebumps right now. And podcast listeners know that my goosebumps are like, oh, this is the truth. Underline, highlight, exclamation point. There are huge corporations that are run intuitively. Mm-hmm. I love that. So uh, I'm just beginning to learn that now. Yeah. I absolutely love hearing that. 
here's how I look at it. I think it's got a place in the business world. And, you know, logic, just like logic and factual data does, but I also think that there's this intuitive piece that can really help you to cut to the root of an issue and be and get very clear on, you know, like, what are my options? What actions am I going to take? And it somehow feels good to, to operate in that space. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. This has been delightful, Donna. It has been. Yeah. We could keep talking forever and ever, but this <laughs> is a podcast. <laughs> I know. And I hope that people understand that uh, you work remotely with people. I do. Um, because of what the heck you do. So they don't need to be in the greater Toronto area to connect with you, which is very, no, very I've cool. Got clients, I've got clients across North America and it energy travels. So when I do energy scans, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter where you are. That's very true. As you know, we can read energy depending. It doesn't have, hasn't, it doesn't matter where you are. It can be over the phone. It can be over Zoom. Yeah. Totally. Wonderful, my dear. Thank you again. Thank you. Nice chatting. Yes. Until next time. Thank you. Take care. Bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. We truly appreciate our guests for sharing their stories and insights about how intuition has impacted their lives. And I'm so grateful for Peter Trainer for his time in giving me this original music. It's now your turn. It's your turn to listen and act on your own intuition and help make the world a better place. Until next time, keep seeing, being, knowing, and doing. If you like this podcast, please share it. If you want to find others like it, go to www.healingvitality.ca or wherever you would find your podcasts. We would love to have you join us on this journey. Come be a crow sitting in the tree. Be part of our community.